0: That is a jewel.
1: On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone, and welcome to the
2: Four Diego's here in eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a big, big night uh, on Melbourne radio. Firstly, thanks to Stephen J. Peak on a, another fantastic show, and of course, uh, Stephen J. Peak um, in his own inimitable fashion will be on again uh, tomorrow night with the uh, with uh, his show again, and of course, the Diego's are back on Friday night. Of course, Melbourne victory take on. Brisbane Raw, and uh, the final whistle will be here. Uh, the show tonight is brought to you by Premium Sport Tours because nothing beats being there. Go to uh, www.sporttours.com.au or one 4 sport. That's one 678 Check them out on Facebook as well because they have got some fantastic packages and some tickets to ride around the world uh, of sport and if you want a ticket go to premium sport tours because nothing beats being there of course uh, Vinny venezuela you're in the house welcome
3: thank you very much rodrigo great to be here yes. and i'm sharing a microphone with warren which no, is a little I bit uh,
2: titillating it is well warren hands above the desk please welcome to the show can
4: i talk now yes you can oh good because <laughs> normally i like interrupting Vinny, but it's almost impossible Tonight. Well,
2: it won't be tonight for the first hour in particular And Carlos Alberto Diego, you're here as well Yeah, good
5: evening uh, guys good And uh, it's good to see that Warren and uh, Vinny are sharing more than just a bedroom in uh, in Brazil <laughs> That's right Yeah, so you used, used to shack up together, was it you guys? Yeah, we're going
2: to the next level okay, now, yeah. uh, Carlos <laughs> Oh, Look, it's, uh, it's eight minutes past ten and it's a big, big night here on the Diego's Because it's Legends Night mm. uh, with Because in the studio tonight we've got a true superstar of Victorian leagues in the 60s and 70s joining us in in person, and we can't believe it. In his heyday, the electrifying skills and free spirit of our legend uh, brought unprecedented adulation by not only South Melbourne Hallas fans, but uh, football fans around the country, especially in Victoria, and he really had a rock star status, uh, rarely seen in the game in this country. For his skills on and off the field, <laughs> uh, he's been described as the George Best of Australian football, but to South Melbourne fans, he's affectionately known as Cocky. Please, a big four Diego's welcome to our legend tonight, Ulysses Kokinos. Welcome to the show, Ulysses.
6: Thank you. Um, thank you, guys. It's uh, a- My privilege to be here.
2: Mate, it's a real pleasure having you. We, we, we talk about you in, in, you know, little short bursts when we re- reminisce about the glory days of Victorian football. And I've got to say, look, it's 2016, right? Um, you know, we're on SEN. There's an A-League going on. You're a legend of the game. You're in amongst, uh, you know, the 40 year Yeah, Radio Well, radio <laughs> legend. Now, I'm going to ask you a tough question first. Can you remember your first radio interview? <laughs> no <laughs> no. So, so this will be memorable
1: You
6: can Yes Go on Who Do you remember who it was? Um, with um, Fred Villiers Fred
2: Villiers Oh he's a legend Channel 7. There you go He is a big big legend Tonight we're going to talk to you about your life in football And especially your life uh, around Victorian football So Carlos I'll, I'll let you kick it off
5: Yeah just, uh, just on the Fred Villiers ones I know Warren's going to get in with the serious questions first But Fred Villiers is a really really great man At a time when there wasn't much media Uh, especially mainstream media looking after football or soccer at the time. Tell us about Freddie Villiers because he had the the little spot on Channel 7, the world of sport, where they had AFL football for about four hours and probably five minutes of soccer. And you were on there regularly, weren't you? Yeah,
6: I was uh, almost uh, every Sunday, about half an hour. And Fred Villiers was a brilliant man. And um, he brought the soccer on the newspapers in a big level because he came from England and I think he was riding for Arsenal, but he was a great man, very close friend.
3: Ulysses, uh, just uh, in terms of arriving in Australia and playing football, how hard was it? When did you actually get here to start playing football for, for the listeners who don't know
6: much about your career? Uh, it's South Melbourne. Yep. Um, yeah, I went to South Melbourne when I first came here. and um, I think my first game was um, end of 66, Ampel Camp, or the beginning of 66. Was the take care, the take care, uh, care of um, coach was John Anderson, brilliant player, and he was the one that he gave me a chance in the Ample Cup, and I remember the first game was against George Cross, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: George Cross. Say so, hey, Ulysses, if you want to um, to send a message to Ulysses zero four double three ninety eight eleven
4: sixteen. Now Ulysses, we were talking about. Um all the other distractions that people young people have these days all the other different things that they can play interestingly for you soccer and having a soccer ball was really the only thing that you ever wanted but you talked about your dad not necessarily being in favor of you playing football tell us about growing up and you know that pull between you know working in your dad's business against pursuing a dream around f- playing football
6: yeah, that's correct. Um, my father wasn't, uh, um, uh, he was um, a guest uh, for me to play soccer. He wanted to uh, pursue it in a family business, go to school. But uh, unfortunately, I had only one thing in mind it was soccer, the Ramble. And uh, nobody told me. <laughs> nobody told me anything. You know, I just. Um, and this was the, the point
4: of being, what, 15 or 16 or 17 years of age and deciding that you were going to pursue a dream of playing football and you find yourself on a boat and find (laughs) yourself coming all the way to Australia by yourself. Tell the listeners a little bit
5: about that story. how you got on the boat (laughs) and how you arrived in Australia, it's a very interesting story.
6: (laughs) Well, uh, I suppose not very many people know that. But that's the truth. I got into the ship, Patrice from Piraeus and um yeah the next stop was Perth.
1: And, and then and
6: i i got out of from perth because i didn't want to um, risk another three days to come to melbourne so <coughs> um a crew member that he was in the ship he had um his his uncle which I, st- I slept there for a night and um the guys gave me about three pounds i remember and the next day i went to the tri- st- train station and um I find myself in Spencer Street.
2: So, um, so that that when you came to Spencer Street, um, you were taken in by a, by someone that you deem a guardian angel, right? You yep. need people along the way that look after you because you're on your own, weren't you?
6: I was on my own. yeah. You were on mean, your no, own. No, How
2: old were you? Sixteen. Sixteen years old. You know that that's a long trip on the Patris, which a, a lot of our uh, Greek friends came to Australia on that very. Um, ship too, didn't they? I mean, that, that's a, a very important. Well, I'm name.
6: thinking about it now, and I've got a but I mean, I had nobody here, no yeah. cousins, no brothers, no sisters. Ulysses, did
3: I, you pack a football? <laughs> did you have a soccer ball in, in your suitcase?
6: <laughs> no, I had it in my mind. Though, you always, had it in always, your mind. <laughs>
5: How long, Ulysses, did it take you once you got to Melbourne? And of course, you are almost homeless. If it wasn't for this guardian angel who met you in a restaurant and decided to give you a, oh. a, you know, a roof over your head for a while, you were almost, you had nothing. Um, so how long from that moment to the time you first trained with South Melbourne?
6: Uh, two weeks later on, um, I said to you, my guardian angel, take me to someone that uh, you can take me to the uh, to training. So it took me to George Papadopoulos. He's not with us anymore, unfortunately great player from iraklis from greece and i uh, went to his shop and he took me to the um training
4: now ulysses i want to know i think all great players have got a degree of confidence in their own ability did you always feel like you could play the game that you were a little bit better than other people around you as you were growing up as you were playing did you have that sense that you could play the game
6: no, I never had the sense that I was better than anyone, but um, I knew was something there with me, with, with the ball. But I never thought that um, I was better than anyone, really.
3: What was it in particular that uh, made you think I could
6: make a career out of football? Well, I suppose you don't know that. Uh, you, you you take day by day, but that was my dream, to play soccer. And to be honest, when I came here in '66, I was... Sitting on the on the stands, and when I saw South Melbourne Football Club, the players, I honestly thought um, I had no chance to play. It was absolutely superstars, one better than the other. It was, um,
2: Who were some of those players? You you, you
6: just I list them there off. Was too many to, to 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 mention. I mean, Jim Pergolios, Panathinaikos, playing Andreas Russis, Taki Mandarakis, Bedford. And uh, Bulikamburopoulos, he was one of the um, greatest talent from Olympia, of course, that he came over. Nestoridis. And, um, yeah, I find myself uh, through these um, superstars. Yeah, this is,
5: how did, how did people, players of that calibre, because we're talking about Greek football in the 60s and 70s, and you've got to remember Panathinaikos, as you know, made the European Cup final in early, in 71. That's correct. And so they must have been half-decent team. So the, the league must have been quite strong, but just had all these players from Greece playing at South Melbourne. It's almost, I would think that in those days, that South Melbourne team probably would have been able to compete in the Greek league if it would have been so strong.
6: Uh, yes, if, 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 if they were training... Um like every professional, players, um, every day of the week, yes. But these players, they were trained because we were not on FIFA, so the, the players were free to come to Japan, just to South Melbourne, to just cross, as you know yourself. And um, yeah, it was um, absolutely, I mean, I, I owe my career to these guys. I mean, um, playing with these this fantastic players, uh, they made me who I am, actually. And don't forget, the crowd how
2: many, how many people used to come to watch the football in those days it was over it was like well 20,000
6: well the last the, 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 at least we had 15,000 yes. in, in Middle Park but all in Middle Park we had 25 29,000 people it was amazing
3: amazing now Ulysses you talk about going to South Melbourne and seeing these great players play while, and you're in the stands how did you get from the stands onto that that pitch did someone make a mistake, and you, s- <laughs> you just thought I can do a better job
6: <laughs> I think he did and- <laughs> i don 't know what John Anderson was thinking, but you know he he told me to be uh, in the dressing was uh, seven o 'clock on Friday, which was the ample cup Yes, and uh, that was the beginning of the at the um, But had
3: he seen you play before, or did he just knew you could play, or did you go to a training session, or how did it happen? obviously.
6: um, Yes, I'm in training and in scratch games, and um, well, he thought I was good enough to play, and um, I thank him.
5: (laughs) They, They say, we know that you're a very humble character, but that first training session was something special. A little birdie told me that you rocked up to the training session. No one knew who you were. Um, (laughs) You were almost watching it from the side. So you ended up picking up a ball and juggling it. And before you knew it, because there used to be a crowd who turned up to training in those days to watch the players train. And instead of watching them, they started watching you juggling the ball. Can you tell us a bit about that story?
6: Well, um, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. when When I went for training from the dressing room into the pitch, I saw about two, 3,000 people. I thought, what's going on here? <laughs> Definitely they didn't come for me. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, um, because I was new, they didn't see my face before, and I was juggling the ball and I was doing sort, sort of things. Yeah, and I saw everybody come around me, and um, I, heard a, I heard a voice, which was George Babadopoulos, that he took me to training. He said, I, he is mine. <laughs> <laughs>
5: The advent of the first player agent, no doubt, looking for a cut in some way. But uh, just back, on, back to the uh, Ampole Cup final in 1967. It was one of your first games for South Melbourne. You got on and you scored two goals in front of 23,000 people there. What were your memories of that night? I mean, 23,000 people at, at a cup final in the late 60s? I mean, that, that was, that's, a, that's a huge achievement, not only for Australia, but around the world at that time. That's a big crowd. And I can imagine the adulation there would have been a lot.
6: Um, it's, I can't describe it. It's, it's a real ecstasy. It's um, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, f- f- fantastic. I mean, there is no, there is no words to explain that. I mean, they can put you um, uh, a lot of of gold and you say which one you want. I mean, obviously that one. Right. You know, it's... it's
4: Ulysses, it's fair to say that you've enjoyed life. Now, it's, it's probably fair to say that you loved Australia and you loved football in Australia, but you loved the lifestyle and the things that came along with that. Now, if anyone wants to Google a picture of you too, with the best Afro I've ever seen, but it's fair to say that you... In a non-African-American. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's fair to say that you enjoyed the life around football, the complete package of playing for South Melbourne and everything that that came with.
6: Yes, I did. I did. I tremendously. Uh, and and the, the first reason is um, I felt the love of people. That's why I love them back. I mean, we had. Uh, the, the South Melbourne uh, support was something else. It, it was amazing people. Amazing. I just um, love them.
5: Ulysses, tell us the truth. How many fathers, Greek fathers, offered <laughs> their daughters' hand in marriage for you over the years? <laughs> Did you Especially take... in those early days.
6: <laughs> well, my father told me once, if I had a dollar, I wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm jealous of your heart.
5: But was it like that? I mean, obviously, as as Warren was talking about, you, you you were special on the field, but you know, your lifestyle off it would have been given the. I think you were. You may not have been, been paid as a professional footballer, but that's all you were doing in those days. Tell us about your normal week. In I mean, would it be training during the day, out at night, training the next day, out at night? I mean, how many times a week would you train and how many times a week would you be going out? Uh,
6: w- which one you want me to tell you? Yeah, it, <laughs> just, just
2: tell us about your week. I've got a feeling I know the answer. <laughs> but, but, you know, because you're a naturally gifted uh, footballer. Okay. Um, but apparently you're also fairly on the dance floor on the yeah? dance floor
6: <laughs> no I trained I mean I trained I used to go to the beach and I, uh, I did some sprints on the beach but uh, I also did some training at night. to be honest on the dance floor yeah. <laughs> what, was um, the, what was the disco of choice in those days uh, we had a few choices first choice was chases 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 okay <laughs> yeah and then um, a few other clubs
2: here we go, just, just quickly, just a couple of text messages Here, Beautiful guy, this guy, so humble, that's Chris McMahon At that time, all the players of other clubs would attend games Can Ulysses remember a German player called Schumacher? Can you remember a guy called Schumacher? At the time?
5: There's a German goalkeeper who played for Germany But I'm <laughs> a, I can't remember a player
3: Yeah. Now Ulysses, um, given uh, you did the Ampol Cup and you scored a, a brace over, After that, how, how soon was it that you be you felt like you were becoming bigger than you realized, or you know, expected to become. Like, you're obviously a great football player, but did you become a star overnight? And then, was that something difficult to sort of
6: cope with? Uh it come very quick, actually. It come very quick. Um, maybe I was, um, as I said to you before, you know, the ball liked me, mm-hmm. and I was, I suppose, um, I was trying to cross the ball, and the ball was going to the net. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. Now, the ball finds you. That's what, That was one of your quotes off here that uh, you said to me. Yeah. You know, oh, you know that day, you know, I wasn't feeling well, but the ball found me. The ball found me. Exactly.
4: You know, that's- now, Ulysses, you weren't a one-club man by any means. You moved from different clubs. Do you think that was good for your career in some ways, that you went and played at different places and you experienced, you know, different supporters and different teams, or do you have some regrets about maybe not being you know a one team player coming to Australia and playing a career out at South Melbourne
6: well the only regret that I have is um, um, I remember when Ray Rashik was uh, the national coach and um, he picked me and um, unfortunately uh, I couldn't get the Australian naturalized because before I went to, to Parathinae course I didn't have three years here so they tried pretty hard, but um, that's the only regret that, I, that I've got that I, that I, I should have um, represented the, um, the Australian Colours.
2: Well, let me tell you, you know, I think, uh, Carlos, you mentioned a number of times there was one player that, you know, you'd hoped played for Australia and it was... Ulysses Kokonos so many times but Ulysses we're going to take a break now yeah. um, and uh, come back with a whole lot more you, you're doing very very well and we're getting a lot of love off the text messages here on 0433 98 1116 the show tonight is brought to you by Premium Sport Tours because nothing beats being there we're with uh, Ulysses Kokonos on the Four Diegos on
1: 1116 SEN Melbourne's Home of Sport I told them that no matter what they did in the second half that I'd still love them and that their mothers would still love them. But I wasn't too sure about their 10% agents, amphetamine dealers, mistresses on the side, the mob, illegal bookmakers, fickle wives, club groupies, hangers-on, high-priced call girls, and club sponsors. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diego.
2: We're here on a Wednesday night with you for a couple of hours, and in the first hour, it is our Legends Night because we're speaking with South Melbourne legend and Victorian football legend Ulysses Kokonos And really enjoyed the first twenty five minutes or so, Ulysses. The show tonight is brought to you by Premium Sport Tours because nothing beats being there. Go to www.sporttours.com.au or one eight hundred four sport. That's one eight hundred. Four double seven six seven eight. If you want a ticket to an EPL game or a couple of tickets La Liga game, Serie A Euro 2016, make sure you check out uh, Premium Sport Tours because they've got all of your tickets and all of your packages ready for you. They will even take you back to the future
5: to watch a game with Ulysses Kokonos South <laughs> Melbourne 1967
2: A Cup. Again, Sunshine George Cross. That's how good they <laughs> are in premium days. That's right. They're, and they've just upgraded their website, so I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking they might have taken that off. But anyway, <laughs> um, of the text messages now, 0433 98 What a man, Ulysses Kokonos, the man, the myth, the legend that Dad spoke about all these years. What a legend. So uh, that's just uh, some of the sentiment coming off the uh, text message machine. Um, Ulysses, before, before the break, we talked about you know how you got here, South Melbourne, um, how you just love the club, you love playing, and you loved playing hard as well off the <laughs> field. And uh, we've got a couple of calls on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. 911 16 Peter uh, from South Melbourne. Peter, good, uh, good evening and welcome to uh, Legends Night with Ulysses Kokonos.
7: Good evening, gentlemen. How are you today? Hello, t- Ulysses.
2: Hello, Peter. So, so sorry. Who is this? Is this uh, is this Peter Kokotis? It's
7: Peter Kokotis. Oh, there
2: you go. <laughs> of course, is the who was just on and is the general manager of South Melbourne Football Club. Hey, Peter. Former. by <laughs> former. Oh, former. Of course. Um, yeah, we like we, we like to call. You know, you've been in the chair, so you know you'll you'll always be the GM. Um, just just quickly, just uh, what, what what is some of your recollections and and what what do you love about this man, Ulysses?
7: Look, unfortunately, I um, um, I missed. seeing him play I was born a little bit too late but I just grew up uh, listening to uh, my father and my uncles would congregate and you know and uh, have dinner and uh, uh, on Sunday nights uh, they'd listen to Greek football matches Uh, there'd be the wireless there and there'd be uh, some game on and and at half time or you know before the game They'd be talking about the old days, and and of course some of the legends that, that used to, that were playing at, 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 in, in that time. And Ulysses' name came up so many times, and I was just, um, you know, from a young age, um, just uh, absolutely uh, used to absorb all the stories, and I just wanted to uh, want to know so much about him. Of course, finally got to meet him when I got older, and uh, read up about him and. And so he's touched so many lives and he's, um, you know, he's, he was an amazing footballer, a huge talent. He was, a, he was the type of footballer that, that brought um, people to the ground. Um, he was an excitement machine and, of course, the stories off the park were, were just as legendary. And, um, you know, it, it just, um, he's a true... He's like a, he played like Phil Carmen um, on the ground and um, off the ground he you know he was he he, he was even better so he was just a, an amazing character and he, uh, one of the few guys at that time that crossed over and in, in the media um, you know at the, obviously at the time soccer was very much a you know a, a game in a, um uh, you know in the in, in, in the uh, ethnic community and. Um, you know obviously that that, that, that article that uh, when he discussed uh, how he prepared for a match in very conservative times, you know everybody would talk about having a good night 's sleep and, and uh, whatnot and, uh, and Ulysses came out only in the only way he could and uh, spoke about having a red wine and, and entertaining a lovely lady and, uh, <laughs> uh, and that story was huge and that that got him onto um, onto channel seven and TV and it just yeah, you know, and that, that's Ulysses. He he just he was larger than life um, for so many of us. We all wanted to be him, and um, you know, and uh, we wanted to. Uh, and he was he's a hero to to many of us.
2: Ulysses, do you, do you um, you know, obviously you know Peter spoke about you know those those larger than life. You know, what what do you say about that? What 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 was what did you make of? This whole thing that was growing around you—not just the footballer, but you, the the George Best of Australian football.
6: Well, last bit I said um, he never saw me playing, but um, uh, his father did, and um, uh, that—that's a great thing, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes I—I I go to the ground even now, and twenty years old boys, I say, "I know you." I say, "How do you know?" Me? He says, you, you lose and I says, "My father got pieces at <laughs> home," you know? so you know, I was, and I. Uh, the fathers educated the, 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 the children you know, and um, Peter, I thank you for your beautiful words i 'm very humble and I, I appreciate it and I appreciate what you everything started from you man, and I thank you for that um, the george better australian soccer when um, when that was fantastic writing and i 'm very thank, um, I really appreciate what you 've done
5: of course, Ulysses Peter is talking about an article that you wrote, probably the first on uh, the touching on the on Ulysses uh, his career and 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 the life he led. Uh, why is it important, Peter? Because I know you've had, even though you're no longer the general manager at South Melbourne, you've had a lot of long association with South Melbourne and uh, and, and the Greek community, obviously in the football and the Greek community. Why is it important to keep the memory and the in the stories of someone like Ulysses alive?
7: Look, I I just believe. Every, everyone contributes. Everyone has their time and, and you contribute. And, 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 and if you... You need to remember and acknowledge, you know, those times. So it's just like this time. This time's going to be history in 20 years' time. So it's, it's, it's very important because it just... Um, the game evolved so much in that time. And, you know, you're talking gr- grounds of 30, 25,000, 30,000 people um, going to, to to the ground it, the, it meant so much it just uh, with all due respect to the football today it 's professional it 's great but these boys it was more than just a job it, it they really played because they dreamed of where uh, they represented people from their homeland and the people that were you know uh, that were um you know homesick they were working in factories and they had one day off and they went to to the ground and these guys were they were stars they were they represented them they they they, it was just an amazing time the money wasn't there but i really i think you speak to all of them and they really were very fortunate times to be playing in those clubs and um i just think it was a a very special time in sport um and and afl as well just it just was a great era, the 60s and the 70s and I, I, yeah, how can you not remember them? How, you know, how, how can you not? It's just, um, and some guys just, you know, are, are special that tend to be remembered more than others. And Ulysses is one of those um, people.
2: And that's absolutely why we're celebrating uh, Ulysses Kokonos tonight. Hey, Peter, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, and uh, as always, appreciate your thoughts on the great man.
7: Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show.
2: Have a good night. There you go, Peter Kokotis, yeah. the former general manager of South Melbourne, uh, Warren.
4: Now, Ulysses, there is a story about you being asked to play left-back once.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, it only was
4: once, apparently. But the thing you might tell us about that, but the thing that I was most interested in is as you refused to be a left-back and come back to Australia, you talk about the fact that you could come back here and probably make more money than what fellow professional players or players were making in Greece and you talked about the lifestyle being better. So tell us about the being asked to play left-back, but that sense of Australia being a real destination for footballers in that time, not just because of the quality of the football, but also the money and the lifestyle that you could
6: have. Well, um, I always say I don't regret anything that I've, I've done because you can't go back, unfortunately, and you've got to move on with your life. But I was young and I was... Um, I was scoring goals, and and um, that's all I knew how to do, you know. And uh, at that time, we had um, our coach was Lucky Petropoulos, and he was playing the four-three-three um, formation, and he wanted the fullbacks at the um, time the overlap. And when he saw me in training, and um, you know, after six months that we were in um, um, at the courts, because before I came to Australia, I had a sign with. Uh, a team called ProDevTiki, which was um, A-League, you know, first division. And after when that finished, um, he asked me to play a fullback. And um, I didn't like it really, I mean, um, my heart broken, you know, fullback. (laughs) (laughs) But if if I had my chance now, I mean, it could have been a different story, but we can't go back. And uh, he put me in a couple of games, and I was overlapping, but never going back, deliberately, to be honest. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I knew that um, – so I didn't want to stay there, you know.
2: Well, yeah, striker by position, striker by nature.
3: Ulysses, what would you say was one of the most difficult things about playing football back then
2: for you? Was it difficult?
6: To be honest, um, no, 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 because I had um, so much uh, trust on on. On South Melbourne players, uh, there was one better than the other one. So I blend with him. And um, it, 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 it was a fun. It was fun.
5: Now, Ulysses, um, fun. obviously you were referring to your time at Panathinaikos. Cause you actually went back to Panathinaikos at a time when they were one of the best teams in Europe. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure at that stage, Ferenc Pushkus Pushkus. was the was the coach. Correct. And this is a team that ended up playing Ajax in the European Cup final. Correct. And you were training with this team and you basically walked out before you had a chance to play. Yeah. Um, when you came back to Australia, of course, you went to your beloved South Melbourne, thinking that they were going to sign you, but there were problems. And what you decided to do, I believe, is you decided, OK, well, South Melbourne, we've got a problem with you, so I'm going to go to your crosstown rivals, Fitzroy Alexander, which is uh, the, today's Heidelberg United. That must have been very... That's like tra- going from Manchester United to Manchester City, or from Inter Milan to Inter, or from I don't know uh, any derby in the world, uh, you're going to the arch rivals. that must have been very, very difficult for you to do.: uh,
6: Yeah, and it, it was difficult because I had um, um, a lot of people that didn't want me to, to go to um, Fitzroy, United, Alexander. I mean, even the um, I remember. That the castle, Mr Papadopoulos, I mean, not to go there, to go there, you know, to, to be in Hellas. And I, and I said, uh, I don't wanna mix myself with politics, you know, I'm a professional player, and uh, the name Alexandria is a purely Greek team, so I'm just gonna go there, and, and I, I, nobody can change my mind. C- and, uh, can
5: you remember the negotiations with South, South Melbourne? Because everyone's telling me that they begged you to stay. What did they offer you to stay? And what did Fitzroy offer you to join them?
6: Uh, every game was uh 1250 dollars this is back days. in late 60s 71, 71, 71. 71. yeah
2: that's uh, that's pretty good coin in those days definitely um yeah it's a bit bit like what we get the money what, was what we've co- got over the 25 years that went on there <laughs>
3: <laughs> so once once you crossed to to Fitzroy Alexander, did you just keep Going to chases, or did you have to find a different <laughs> nightclub because all, all the boys from South Melbourne were going to chases? <laughs> no,
6: actually, um, yeah, Chevron and you know, other nightclubs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Fitzroy United, you know, Alexander had um, tremendous, them then you, you know, my brothers, Pet Bennon mm. and Gary Cole, if I, yeah. I'm not sure, yeah, tremendous players, you know, the bomb with a gift, and uh, yeah, and so it wasn't uh. But my heart was in, in South Melbourne, to be honest. I mean, ah. that, 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 that's it. I mean, it's, I mean, if you tell me now hey, if I got a chance, even if I was twenty now, where do you want to go? You want to go to the Panathinaikos? You want to stay South Melbourne? I will stay in South
2: Melbourne. Right. Yeah. Melbourne Victory or South Melbourne? South Melbourne forever.
6: Go. I mean, uh, that's the team that um, you know I made my name for, and I love them. I love the people. I love the um the colours. I love the the community. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
2: Interesting. Okay, we'll explore that a bit more. Let's take a break now and come back with more of uh, Ulysses Kokonos uh, here on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of
1: sport. I've had teams before that if you told them to go the far post, they sent mail to Albuquerque. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us
2: tonight uh, on a Wednesday night and it is Legends Night on the Diegos with Ulysses Kokonos and uh, really enjoyed this hour so far. The show is brought to you by Premium Sport Tours, of course, because nothing beats being there. If you're thinking about travelling overseas and want to go and see a sporting event, go to www.sporttours.com.au and uh, John and the team will look after you there. www.sporttours.com.au um, Just a quick... Uh, BBL update, uh, Adelaide Strikers have hit a six off the last ball, Jake Lehman, to defeat the Hobart Hurricanes. So, uh, you know, wonderful. One of the few close um, games. One of the few close. One of, one of the few clo- last ball, <laughs> really? six. Uh, and the BBL update is for a sports, uh, fantasy free. Don't just watch the bash, win the bash. Um, there you go. And, uh, geez, advertising everywhere tonight on the Diego's, of course. And, uh, look, we've got some more calls uh, here and some text messages. Hi, my uncle enjoyed watching uh, Ulysses. Uh, play. He used to take me to all the Greek matches. So you're making people remember, you know, all the wonderful, uh, you know, Victorian football and NSL days. Great interview, guys. Such a gentleman. Ulysses Kokonos is a great legend with his great silky skills. Uh, that's coming off the SMS there, uh, Ulysses. But uh, on, uh, on the phone now, we've got another caller, and it's uh, Phil Diamataris, uh, a family uh, friend, uh, or family association with South Melbourne. Good evening, uh, Phil, and welcome to the Four Diegos.
0: Good evening guys congratulations Ulysses what what a, what a what a privilege it is to be um to be talking to you all thank you
6: thank you Phil what
2: well, what are some of your recollections Phil and because it really is a tribute tonight to Ulysses and uh you know obviously you've got a you know your family and yourself have got a close association
0: yeah well look I I guess I was I was fortunate enough to be born into this game uh, my um Uncle uh, was a, a long-time committee mem- member and, and previous uh, uh, past president Jim Dimitaris and um, my uh, godfather was a founder of the club Theo Marmaris, and uh, I guess you know it, 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 goes, to, it goes without saying I, I had no choice. You know I was going <laughs> to love this game whether I liked it or not, and and as a kid um, I was I was always looking forward to going to my uncle's house, you know, because um, he always had. Players there, you know, there was always a, a superstar South Melbourne player. And some of the players that you know that, that Ulysses I think mentioned before were were frequenting, you know, having a, having a barbie, sitting around, having a drink and having a chat. And my uncle was a was a, was a bit of a man's man, and and I think him and uh, Ulysses kicked it off very very well. I think Ulysses you you, you um. You had some good times
6: with my uncle, uh, especially in Flemington. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: sorry. <laughs> especially in Flemington, he said. Now,
6: what was I'm happening a, in Flemington, yes. Ulysses? <laughs> there was no disco in Flemington. Uh, yeah, there was some other GGs, I think. Yeah, that, ah, that, yes, that, that, that's correct. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy loved it, and um, you know, you looked after him every time I went there. You know. So, <laughs> so, so Phil, yeah. Phil,
5: you you uh, were telling me a story the other day about one day you walked, you got to your godfather's house or your uncle's I house.
0: Got to, got to Uncle, my Uncle Jim's house, yeah. The Uncle and
5: Jim's house, and uh, and yeah. there was a lot of drama going on. It was all yeah. over Ulysses. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, I think this time my father was was, was speeding to my uncle's place because, uh, and I didn't understand why, but anyway, when we finally got there, my my eyes nearly fell out of my head when I saw Ulysses cocking us in the house because, you know, <laughs> as a kid, he was my idol, you know, and... Um, there was a, a strong rumour going around at the time that he was going to leave the club. You know, he was going to go to the arch-rivals, like we, I think you mentioned a little, little earlier, that uh, he's going across town to Fitzroy, uh, Fitzroy Knight at Alexander. and Yeah, I think he was cornered by my uncle and my father and a couple of other committee members. And they um, yeah, they worked on him for for a number of hours to try and get him not to, uh, not to leave the club. And I remember I got a little bit sick of it and went outside. And in those days, you know, down ball was very... Popular as well. Yeah. And I think Ulysses needed a break, you know, at the time, you know. And he, he came out and had a hit with me as well. And I couldn't believe here I am playing down ball with a superstar. It's like, you know, Ronaldo today, you know, an equivalent of Ronaldo playing down ball with me. And the funny thing was, Ulysses, I don't know if you remember, but I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> you were oh, good, so your, you good. You were good, good. good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Vinny
3: Venezuela here. I just want to ask you: Is there a particular game that's a stand out in in your memory of of Ulysses? That that you know, a game that he played that uh, is just embedded in 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 your sort of mind? All right.
0: Look, Ulysses always played well against against Fitzroy United Alexander. He always lifted for those games. You know, the bigger the crowd, the you know. Um, the, the the better he played and uh, he, he he would always create some magic you know I can't believe somebody and I'm listening to your interview tonight and he's so humble yet this guy was so flamboyant on and off the park you know how can, how can something be so different you know and that's what I remember him being on the park it wasn't it wasn't one game in particular you always knew he was going to create something magical he was he was the one that was going to turn a game you know and um, you just expect it and as a kid you just touch, you'd watch him touch the ball and, and expect him to do something magical with it and um, you know that was the beauty of, of having him at the club and that's why we didn't want to lose him, you know, and uh, when he finally did go, I think uh, he's a little bit humble here, but he was do you know the story about this guy?
5: Go ahead Phil, tell us about it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do you mind if I share this one?
6: Not at all Phil <laughs> Not at all
0: he, he went. He went across to Heidelberg, I believe, for of, about, of an amount of money in, at that time for about fifteen hundred dollars a week. And I remember fifteen hundred dollars a week back in the you know late sixties, early seventies. You could buy a house in South Melbourne, Middle Park, and Elba Park. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that, that, if you if you equate it back to the earnings of a of a Premier, you know, Premier League player today over in England, I mean that's a lot of money and. People. The reason why he was he deserved that money is because he could pull the crowd. He could do the magical things on the park. You know, he could build people's imaginations. You know, and and I think Peter Kakos mentioned earlier. You know, he was the very first one to actually, in my opinion, anyway, (laughs) to cross over to attract the interest of the general population rather than just the ethnic population. You know, he, he he captured the imagination. Uh, you know, because he went and did something like tell people that, you know what, I have sex before every every match <laughs> and get a photograph on a double bed in the middle of Middle Park, you know. <laughs> and, and put that on the second page of I think it was the the Sun or the Sunday Observer. The you might remember that one.
2: Yeah. No, he he, he not does. gonna forget that. <laughs> <laughs> He's been very modest tonight, but um yeah, no no. Um no, he um Sports scientists all around Australia... Um, <laughs> They're rethinking in, you know, things, today, yeah. are rethinking things, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was his remedy, you know, and I guess it worked for him. And and and, and people, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's people listening to your program tonight who are of not of ethnic origin that probably remember that because he did, you know, from a marketing point of view, and marketing's very different today, you know, there was something magical happening there, and, and we didn't take advantage of it, but I think he played a big role in... Um, in, in where the game is today, you know, and, 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 and we should all be, you know, we are thankful of it and it's, congratulations to him for being recognised like this as well.
2: Well, Phil, uh, Ulysses, do you want to, just before we let uh, Phil go, you, do you would like to say something?
6: Yeah, thank you for your comments. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really.
0: Humble again.
2: Good on you, <laughs> yeah. Phil. Uh, thank I, you. You've brought some, w- I can just tell, just uh, because you can't see him, you've brought some wonderful memories back to Ulysses just then, mate. Uh, thanks for your time and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime soon.
0: Good luck, guys. Fantastic
5: show.
2: There's Phil Diamataris. Now,
5: uh, there was one thing, Nister. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Costa Nisterides, a legend that came over to Australia and coached the club. You didn't always see eye-to-eye with Costa. And tell us about the, the famous game where he didn't play you because you wouldn't get your hair cut. <laughs> and how he ended up playing you in that game. Could you tell us a story?
6: Yeah, um, he always um, had something... With my hair, Of course, you had I the
5: were. big Vinnie Cotoggio,
6: uh
3: afro,
5: big afro Yeah, the reason yeah. I did
6: that, i um, tell you, when I was living with my father when I was young, he, he was sending me to, the, um, to cut my hair every fortnight. You know, he was, you know, old school. And when I came to Australia, I mean, all, all I wanted was to, to live <laughs> to my hair. You know? and Grow uh, it out, as those yeah, young kids say. One that. day, um, he said to me, uh, after the game, he said, don't come Tuesday to training if you don't cut your hair. So I I went to Tuesday with, with my hair. You know, I didn't cut my hair. I didn't want to cut my hair. So he said to me, It's the last time I'm telling you, Thursday, don't come to training if you don't cut your hair. So I went again on Thursday uh, with my same you know, with my hair. And after the training, he said to me, Do not come to the game <laughs> and don't mess up the game. It, that's a true story. And I didn't cut my hair you remember Middle Park, you were coming from this side to go to the, um, now he was sitting next to the, um, um, when, you in, when you're going into the dressing rooms, and he saw me and he sent someone he, and to tell me not to go to the dressing room, which I didn't. But well, what he did, he put me on the shit. You know, we were playing with Melvin, I'll never forget that. And um, but it, it was this it was nil-nil. So all of a sudden I hear my name from the speakers. He looks going down to the <laughs> restaurant. So what he had, he had a chair, three people. So when I walked in they took me they put me in the chair and they cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> little Before little. the game they cut your <laughs> hair no, on the oh, At half time. <laughs> And then they put you on, didn't they? The, That's an awesome story. They cut my, When I come to the second half, people were saying, who is this guy? <laughs> is, it <the> same <laughs> same guy? <laughs> is it the same guy? Is it the same guy? That's funny. But, but when we, I scored the two goals, they thought, ah, there's Ulysses. <laughs> we're
2: going to have to take a break now because we're running uh, very short out of time. But uh, let's take a break now. Fort Diego's 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home sport. It has been Legends Night here on the Fort Diego's with uh, football legend Ulysses Kokonos. Ulysses, we've got a very short time to go, but thank you for being on. Have you got any words that you want to say? Yes, I
6: uh, 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 thank you for um, for being here, for, for, for this um, invite. And I'm privileged to be here, I'm very humbled. Uh, I, I would like to um, thank all the supporters that have supported me uh, all these years, and still are, from every club. And um, I just say, um, to my fans. I love you guys.
2: It's our privilege, mate. Thank you for being in the studio with the Four Diego's um, and we'll talk to you sometime soon. It's news time here on 1116 SEN Melbourne's Home of Sport.
6: G'day, amigos, and welcome
2: to the second hour of the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN Melbourne's Home of Sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you, Vinny Venezuela, you've come back for the second hour, very nice to yes, see I you. Yes, I decided
3: to stay. Good, good, very
2: good, and uh, Warren, um, it was Legends Night, and uh, I know you came in thinking it was about you, but uh, welcome <laughs> to the second hour.
4: Actually, when are we doing that, like, each one of us being interviewed by the other Diego's. Well,
5: we've got to do the 25, 25- oh, oh, you should actually introduce Please. me, I suppose. No, that's okay,
2: okay. You, people have been listening.
5: I'm Carlos. Uh, now, Warren... Mm. We're approaching the twenty fifth year. Yeah, actually, and that's what we've got to do. The the Diego's retrospective. Yeah, but that's the when, jubilee. Yeah, when we're all being interviewed separately and we're talking about each other. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. we hate each other yeah, and yeah, how yeah, we, yeah, well, yeah, I love yeah, Vinny. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. the handsome yeah. one. I yep. love Rodrigo. He's yeah, a huggable yep. one. <laughs> <laughs> Warren, I'll tell you to your face. I have so, a problem with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit harsh. No, I love you, Warren. No, it's mutual. I, 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 you've never hugged a man until you hugged me. No, that's and, true. And, by the way, and Ulysses too. Did and you get a kiss from Ulysses? Yeah, I did.
4: Yeah, it's it, meaningful. It, has man ever kissed you before? Because um, <laughs> Ulysses kissed, Probably. hugs, and kisses. Probably they're yeah. all over him. In and Brazil. as a striker, he would have been used to
3: receiving them. Oh, of course, you know, of course, putting them away yeah. as he did. Yeah.
2: Look, we've got a big show for you tonight. Uh, we've already been uh, speaking with Ulysses Kokonos in our Legends Night uh, in the first hour. Um, just for those of those of you texting, um, we've been on for a couple of hours on a Wednesday <laughs> night. Uh, about four or five weeks now, because of summer, it's, yep. a, it's a summer series of the Diego's. We'll go back to an hour very, very soon, but uh, we'll let you know when that happens. But yes, we've been on for a couple of hours uh, for the last couple of um, Wednesday nights. Hey, just a couple of text messages before around about uh, Ulysses. Hi guys, I was privileged to not only grow up watching him as my star, then couldn't believe playing with him at Western Suburbs Soccer Club where he was at at the end of his career. First training appearance, I was in awe of his touch, juggling the ball the length of the ground cheers Ulysses that's from uh, Greg Daglas
5: of course we, we had Ulysses in the first hour that was our legends night uh, with Ulysses Kokonos uh, those people who missed the interview we'll have that obviously as a, as a podcast tomorrow on the Forty Diego's uh, website uh, SoundCloud iTunes we'll be farming it out on uh, on our Facebook so if you want to just uh, log into our Facebook or on our Twitter at Forty Diego's you'll get notification when it's coming out so the whole thing will be replayed tomorrow and uh, if, you have, if you've missed it you haven't really missed it because you've listened to it tomorrow
3: can I tell you One interesting thing he was telling us um, in the green room was uh, we asked him about his boots because at at that time you just couldn't get equipment as easily as you can. These days you can get good quality stuff quite readily. But he was saying how he'd get a guy, he knew a guy who would make him his boots. So he's got to, that's, you know, that's got to be pretty special to get your your boots tailor-made for you. Yeah, yeah. And the guy would have stitched it by hand in those days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. Mm. We've got uh, Warren's rant coming up. Vinny Venezuela's oh. G, I love this game. We'll, uh, we'll knock that around, Vinny, a bit later on. Uh, we'll catch up with Mike McGrath as well. Um, but coming up, it's the Q&A. It's 11 past 11. The Q&A with Rodrigo Rodriguez is brought to you by Premium Sport Tours because nothing beats being there. That's a good little strapline there for Premium Sport Tours. If you want to go to Wimbledon, the Euro 2016, an EPL game or a number of games, La Liga, Serie A game or any other football game, uh, Premium Sport Tours will look after you. Go to 1800 4Sport. That's 1800 477 678 or sporttours.com.au or check them out on Facebook as well, forward slash Premium Sport Tours. Give us a text message tonight 1116 or nine four two nine eleven sixteen if you want to have a chat to the Diego's. But uh, let's start with the Q and A. Um, Your Q and A. My, my Q and yeah, I, like, yeah. I like that better because I'm not. A, I don't like referring you, you, to myself in the third I, I should, person. I, I know we say call, this every I should week.
5: actually call you Ulysses. You're so <laughs> humble. <laughs> the humble one. Ulysses yeah. Rodriguez.
2: He's lived a, 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 a fuller <laughs> life than I have. Yeah, Palos. fast life. Yeah. Fast life. Hey. Um, Melbourne City. Let's let's talk about Melbourne mm, City yes. because um, let's talk Warren. Um, we'll, we'll go to you on this one first. Yes. But Melbourne City defeated Western Sydney Wanderers three uh, two uh, in a cracking game. Is Melbourne City the real deal?
4: Um, no. Ooh. 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 <laughs> sorry, what? not yet. What? Not yet. I look. Offensively, they can take any team apart. No doubt about it. Faunaroli, Navio, Aaron Moy, and I think. You know, I think um, Jacob Melling's an important part of that. Partaloo's playing good football again. I, I I just think, and you add in Retre and a few others. and Pranich. And even some of their, even um, Trofiro who came on late in that game did a really good job. So I think they've got good depth. I still worry defensively. They played a, a back three in the game on the weekend and Western Sydney Wanderers really exploited them. And I thought... Aaron Hughes was good in the first game, but not so good in this game. Don't know whether he's quite up to it. Jack Clisby's doing a really good job in different sort of roles, but I'm not 100% sure. And I think if you're going to be a genuine title contender, you've got to be able to keep clean sheets. I think they've only kept one clean sheet for the season. So I don't think they're the finished product yet. But I tell you, and I'm biased, and I have to admit, I was so caught up in the atmosphere. I actually bought a top at the (laughs) game, so I'm officially rusted on. But it was, and there's a lot of comp. They do a lot of comparison. Sorry for doing that after 25 years of being. They do a lot of comparisons about 48,000 at the at the big bash. I don't care, you know. I don't care how many's going to the cricket. For those people that went to the football on the game on Saturday night. It was the best atmosphere. And, you know, you had the players calling for people to start clapping and the Western Sydney Wanderers fans were really good. It was just the best atmosphere. They're building something slowly. And it's good to see, and it's on the back of what you had to start, You said all along, Alice. It's on the back of winning and playing in playing a track. No
3: They say Jesus saves, but I just think Sorensen saves mm. more. Mm. And I, I, I just think that he's really been the person who's kept you out of trouble the last two or three games, and you have been good. And it's been a pleasure to watch Melbourne City sort of get their get their act together. But um, geez, uh, he was under he was they making him work hard for the for the money. I reckon well, while
5: he is be, either the, the best on ground or second best on ground, while he's still getting those sort of accolades, you're not right. You're not. You're still not right. But it's better than crumbling and not having uh, and uh, the get out of jail card. Finding but, ways to well, win. Exactly right. Or draw. If, the minute. The minute. Uh, Navio got the ball and crossed it to Fornaroli to score. At that point in time, they were being outpossessed, outplayed. Yep. But now you've got that get out of jail card uh, in the Navio and, and Fornaroli, and, and you add Moy to the mix. And when Mork's there, I mean, you really, and if they pick up Troisi, uh, suddenly, and look, you know, with all due disrespect <laughs> to uh, Robert Corrin, I think it's time, it's a business decision. He's really added nothing. So he wasn't included in the squad on the weekend. They've got to move in. Troisi comes in. Suddenly we're talking about a side that's young enough and good enough to go all the way. But Sorensen can't be worked as much as he is. Otherwise, what, it's, what, it, what that's telling us is that there's big, amount, big parts of the game where they're not in control. I mean, of and it. there's no doubt about yeah. that.
3: Can I just sort of, sorry, Rodrigo, no. can I just say one thing? This is their Suarez year, right? In that if they can't win with Moy... They're not going to win anything, and, and Moy's not going to be around for much longer. So it's yep. the equivalent of Suarez at Liverpool. You can't bring it home with Suarez. You can't bring it home with Moy. It's never going to happen for you.
2: Are you happy with uh, Manchester City's signing of uh, Mariners' Anthony Caceres?
4: Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what
2: happens. He will never wear the blue shirt of Manchester he, City. He could very well play at Melbourne City.
4: He could. Oh, of course. Yes, that, he could. Th- he will never
2: play He's at Melbourne He's in Mayor
5: the stable, At what point will FFA wake <laughs> He's up? He's in the stable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, in Cottonwood, whatever. That's in it. the library, in the in Cottonwood, whatever. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when will FFA wake up to this ploy of the City group uh, raping and pillaging the league, <laughs> taking Luke Bratton and farming him out He's in oblivion at the moment. Anthony Caseras we'll never hear from him again. He'll <laughs> be like he'll be like some
3: kidnapped footballer. Deep will Play Melbourne City.
5: That's yeah, what he'll do. I uh, will tell you,
3: when the FFA, because they're getting around the rule. This at, is exactly what happened with Jason Jason Bourne. You know that, uh, Carlos? Absolutely. They, they take you out of the picture. Uh, then th- you. Th- there'll be a movie <laughs> about this Caceres. Because uh,
5: they're taking these good young boys, and I won't be stopped by... This is like the Golden Globes. I won't be stopped. You have to. Yeah, I know. I know. Pedro on the panel, I will. I'll stop. But this is going to become a problem. It's going to become a problem.
2: Uh, Pedro's yes. getting a bit feisty there. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Melbourne City, uh, we talked about them being the real deal. What about Melbourne Victory? Obviously, they had to come from behind on Friday night um, uh, to draw with Central Coast Mariners three all in Geelong. Is Melbourne Victory in crisis?
3: No, they're Me? not in crisis. They're just uh, Lazy? having to come from behind. <laughs> 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 they, they took away a point. They, uh, they, they're certainly not playing the football that they, they know they can play. It's a bit, of a, a bit of a trough, but it's not a deep trough. It's just nothing to be concerned about. Not, not crisis, Rodrigo. You of all people using it, that word. It's that
2: disappointing. A, it's, no, no. Well, I'm, I just asked the question, yeah. Vinny, and you, you've said no. Well, um, they're,
5: they're, they are only four to five points away from third. If they lose so,
4: yeah. if they lose on Friday night. Big game. If they do Brisbane. lose on Friday night, I would say that the cracks <laughs> the cracks, which I <laughs> are the, yeah, the fishes. Yeah. They're they're fishes they're, right now. They're fishes, yeah. they they're like tributaries. <laughs> They'll become yeah. rivers. But look, they probably it's only what, we're just past halfway in the season. I think if they lose to Brisbane on Friday night, they're ten points off the top of the ladder. Now it does get to that sense that unless you make top two, you can't really win the premiership. So it does become a bit of an issue for them. I mean, let's face it. It doesn't matter how much depth you have on paper. If In the A-League, you've got probably 12 or 13 guys or 14 guys that are senior experienced players, and then your list falls away to a whole lot of inexperienced guys that you're hoping will come good but aren't as good as your best 12 victory simply haven't had been able to put their best team on the park and I would say, you know, it's easy, you know, to have a go at at certain players and Oli Bazanic is probably the one, but maybe Oli bazanic has been less of an impact because he hasn't, you know, had the captain there to be able to support him because he was going really well at the start of the season. So I think the key to this is all about getting your best players on the park. If victory can... I think they're still the team to beat, no doubt, but they're struggling at the moment. Yep.
5: Yeah, all they have to do, and Muskie has got to really change his mindset here, all they have to do is make the finals. This is a team that can win it all from, from outside first or second. Right? So if there's going to be one team in the history of the A that can do, it will be this team. So just make the finals, Kev. Just sneak in. Just sneak into the finals. Don't do that, Pedro. <laughs> no, no. Just sneak into the finals. Just fall over the line. And you'll be fine. This team can go all the way if they're in the finals. We're not going to fall over the line, Carlos. I, we'll I know, do better but, than
3: that. Just,
2: well, just as you said, Carlos, they're three points off uh, third spot and seven points off top spot. So... Uh now, look, the, the, I wasn't meaning to be um, controversial. controversial there, Vinny Venezuela, but uh, the, the word crisis has been bandied. Oh, I just the, think
3: it's great. It's far too liberally. No, it's not. It's <laughs> it not only be used in um, reference to Melbourne City.
2: There's a cracking game this weekend between Melbourne cracking. Victory, or this Friday, Melbourne yep. Victory and Brisbane Raw. So looking forward to that. Hey, uh, Warren, have you... Uh, oh. yeah? Yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All okay. right, okay. it's time for Warren's Rant.
7: Everybody was coming for
4: Rodrigo, while we've been on air, yep. FIFA have finally done something that you'd have to say should have been done ages ago. Jerome Volcker, the Secretary-General of FIFA, has been sacked. Now, I'm just wondering, why did it take FIFA so long to do the things that they're currently doing? It's just absolute And you know what? They've done so much harm to the game by being inactive for so long. I want to know who's on the ethics committee. I want to pat these nameless men on the back because they've done a fantastic job in three or four months and something that should have been done forever. What has been what has been the tipping point? Because we've had investigations, reports, all whatever, but I want to know what's been the thing that's finally tipped us over the line.
5: You know Pulp Fiction, Mr Wolf, the guy who <laughs> fixes things?
3: They've got him on the
4: well. On the committee. I want to meet Mr. Wolf because he's doing <laughs> yeah. a fantastic job. And if Volker goes, Platini goes, you know what?
3: It was the Caceres transfer. <laughs> <laughs> you said, look, this is
2: enough. Enough. It's S- got to stop. Is it the C? <laughs> is, other, is the acronym CIA or FBI? Who, who, the one, who are the ones doing that investigation? Anyway, I reckon that was the tipping point, mm. Warren.
4: Normally, we don't like faceless men, but in this occasion, the ethics committee faceless men. Good on you and keep doing what you're doing because you know what? We might just have a chance of restoring the ethics of the game to some point where we can actually be proud of it. Well, That's there you it. Go. a
2: joyous rant. That's a joyous rant which uh, which with contributions tonight <laughs> from the true. rest of us. This is The Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, <laughs> Melbourne's home of sport.
1: When a man sometimes hits you, it's because he's your dad and he loves you. When he throws a boot at you, it's because he's Alex Ferguson, and he doesn't. Jeez, I love this game. We are the Four Diego. Thanks for joining
2: us on this Wednesday night. It is the Diego's. We'll be back on Friday night uh, for the Four Diego's final whistle after the Melbourne Victory Brisbane Raw game, which SEN, of course, is calling. So look forward to... Friday night, that should be a cracker of a game. Hey, send us a text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, or give us a call, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Tonight's show is proudly brought to you by Premium Sport Tours because nothing beats being there. If you uh, think about going overseas and you want to catch a sporting event in any nation across the world, make sure you call Premium Sport Tours on 1800 4Sport, 1800 eight hundred four double seven six seven eight, or go to sporttours.com.au. Hey, um... Before we go to Vinny Venezuela's, G I I love this game segment, and uh, we're going to catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on as well, Um, back to the Q&A. Just on the back of, we were talking about City and victory, Fornaroli versus Who? who, So Fornaroli's got 12 goals at the moment, and berisha has got 10. They are 1 and 2 on the top scorers list. Who would you prefer to have in your team? This year? Well, Yeah, this year, of course.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's unfair to... If you're going to compare records over
2: the whole, no, it's got to be this year. It's got to be this year, final
5: and where they can, who's who's going to get you to the final and win your things? Mm. That's the question. It's,
3: <laughs> can I just say? That's the I'm question. Gonna, I'm going to. Okay, can I chime in first? Of course. I think um, I'd go for Berisha because he brings verve and passion. <laughs> And he so wants it. He's if, hungry for it.
2: If a player brings a champagne, uh, Vinny, <laughs> he's always going to get selected. I,
3: I do like Fornaroli. I think Fornaroli's temperament is 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 very different, and he's got poise and and he's remarkable. But I think that if someone can change the spirit of a team on that pitch when they need to, having Barisha there is a bit of an X factor for me.
5: Good point, Vinny. I, I I hadn't thought about that. Uh, we discussed that today on half time too. And it was interesting the amount of feedback we were getting on the phones and on SMSs favouring Berisha. Uh, but I really couldn't separate him. But I suppose from a leadership perspective, you're, you're pretty much right. I mean, he could lift you with his gesticulations in the referee's face. He's having to go at the, the fans. Whereas Fauna Riley is just a great footballer. Yep. And when I say just, it's fantastic. Technic, a Technician. Uh, i don't think I've seen a penalty box technician like that guy in the whole of the history of the a league just brilliant player and uh and so I, I couldn't separate him but i think yeah you're probably right i think that 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 leadership aspect that Barisha brings to the table might you know uh just through his just through his mannerisms and his behaviors sometimes might go over the, li- mm. over, the over the line now and again but it does fire everyone up
4: look Barisha scores. The most important goals when he absolutely needs to. He scores I mean, a lot of penalties too. He does. Like, he has had a lot of penalties this year. I think there's at he's least, got three, fa-
2: three, least three. Three this year out of, out of well, in his ten goals, he's
4: got. Yeah, three I would penalties. say that he's not performing goal wise as well as he has in previous seasons. But he just is a presence always. Fauneroli has got to that level in terms of he is an attacking threat whenever he can go through periods of the game where you mightn't see him he can score all types of different goals with borussia which with Barucha can i just think that um on form this year Fornaroli just but i'm
2: biased yeah no look i think um i'm with theo in hampton and Vinny, i think it's the vibe with bessart so that's what theo says yep um yeah i think he gives you a whole lot more but geez i've got to say thank god that someone like bruno Fornaroli has come mm. to the a league because mm. uh he is such a good player and you know will deserve to win you know the the um the golden boot well he's Um, the
4: second fastest in uh, in a league nsl history to get to double figures only mark Viduca has got there faster than him Mm. and if he scores against wellington on the 25th of january he'll be the fastest player to get a goal against every other opposition team in the competition. And the and types it, he's, of he's, goals he scores also are very the, different. In,
5: in the team he's... I mean, it's only been the last five or six weeks, seven yeah, weeks. he was scoring
4: when they were pretty ordinary. Well, yeah, he
5: was still scoring mm. then. And the way he scores... I mean, when I talk about the technician, look at the technique he has. I mean, the headed goal from the Novillo cross... Yep. Uh, you know, that's... What's the it, it, second goal? Two weeks The second g- or third goal? That's the third that goal?
4: That was wasn't? the... Um, that was the equalising goal against Sydney. Oh, one of the Sydney FC yeah, goals. But the curling shot again from the, you know, took a
5: bloke on. Yeah. You could see from the minute he, re- he received the ball from Moy from that fast break, started by Soringson.
4: It was the best bit of play mm. that yeah. I've seen this year. So that right down the middle of corridor. Of and
5: then you could see when he was running with the ball at his feet, had a defender in front of him. You can always see in his mind, I'll get the defender going this way and then I'll shimmy this way and then I'll curl it. Mm. It was just, you know, copybook
3: Brilliance. He's also he also looks for other players. It's not it's not about him. He'll look for mm. players who are in a better position. Whereas sometimes a striker can just say no, I'm going to go for the goal. which Barisha
5: does. Yeah, he, 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 yeah. he sometimes makes he poor does. decisions. Uh, doesn't share the ball enough. But you accept it when you when you've got a goal
2: scoring machine like him. So what do you think? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Send us a text message. That is the unofficial hot topic tonight. For Niroli, Versus Barisha, Who would you prefer this year leading into the finals? For Nirali versus Berisha, 0433 98 1116. Um, Vinny Venezuela, now it's time for your Gee, I Love This Game segment.
1: The romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotions. It's sudden death. There's only one winner. Love is a many splendid thing. It's Vinny Venezuela's Gee, I Love This Game segment. <laughs>
4: Vinny Venezuela, this is a time that uh,
2: our listeners and, and indeed the gents in this office, Everyone. look at Warren, he's uh, just waiting with bated breath. He stays awake for this one too. <laughs> he does.
3: And, and it's I've clocked off. Respect, Warren. Sorry, Vinny. <laughs> well, uh, look, uh, I'm just going to open with a quote, Rodrigo. Go for it's it. It's a very special moment for me to be back here on this stage winning again another Ballon d'Or after seeing Cristiano win it, after watching the movie of him winning it. <laughs> After having to kiss his kid on the night he won it and he filmed it. So said Lionel Messi after winning his fifth mm, Ballon d'Or. And, you know, having, if you saw the Cristiano Ronaldo movie, mm. you know, you absolutely know how much Cristiano <laughs> wants it. He really does want it. Messi, I don't know, he doesn't, whether he, he wants it or not, he, he, he certainly doesn't act like he wants it. He's, I think um, Warren was saying before that he's a, he's a very sort of unflamboyant striker. He's Very b- he's boring boy in a, next door he's boring. A
4: boring in not a in not a negative way in not terms in the field no he's not boring he just on the field goes about his business i don't actually think that even on the field he's he's he's, electrifying he's workmanlike. On the field. <laughs> oh, <poor>. he's workman like he's
2: <laughs> workman <What's> like <laughs> i'm not <laughs> work like <workmanlike. laughs> you know i normally sit on the fence here right
4: <laughs> no he's he's workman like He's workmanlike with an x factor. Oh, God, <laughs> that's Dang. what I'd say.
5: You don't know, win five.
3: Have you? Have you recently? Uh, you
1: know, I know. What? you, you <laughs> yes, think Spain. Yes,
3: we'll, we'll keep. We'll
4: yeah. keep I've Messi at yeah,
3: yeah. Barcelona because he's at least he's workmanlike. I've got yeah, a yeah,
5: rant yeah. about no, that. Hang on, Can Warren, I rant think, about the Ballon d'Or. Do you, do you realize Spain is not just outside North Sunshine? <laughs> like
3: Spain is a is a
5: country
4: outside of England. I actually don't think that the people who are voting <laughs> for the Ballon d'Or will ever be capable of rewarding it to somebody else other than Messi and Ronaldo. <laughs> when they're sixty-five and seventy, and playing in the backyard. They'll still get it because I don't. Yeah. Anyway, that's
5: a question we can ask another hot topic. Who once the <laughs> Ronaldo? Who's the guy? Yeah, once once Ronaldo, and Messi. This whole you know who's going to get the Ballon d'Or? That's over when they're forty or something. When it's over, who's going to be that next player? Yeah, the next who player. Is gonna who's going to be that guy? next player who's going to win it. this thing? So anyway, but, anyway, but, uh, and, uh, look,
3: Just just to keep rubbing it in, because I, I think uh, all Messi did we all saw the movie he saw the movie he yeah. was in the movie he had to go see it uh he said it's incredible that it's my fifth <laughs> much more than anything i would have dreamed of as a kid mm. Cristiano. yeah Cristiano. Yeah. <laughs> i got five so, I, don't need three. I got yeah. 5 i am yeah. the first to five now Cristiano. Mm. make make your next movie yeah that's what that's what the balloon door is just about messy mm-hmm. now
5: so the sequel of Cristiano will be him <laughs> being really angry about not getting it, and and his pursuit—it's almost going to be like the Rocky pursuit of his. It'll be his fourth because he's won three, Cristiano. So it'll be his fourth. He's in pursuit of the fourth.
3: Look, and I think Cristiano's a great player, but I, you know, I wonder whether they filmed the trip home on the Learjet <laughs> after that after that evening's results. Uh, what well, he trashed. Uh, he, well, he trashed <laughs> the I'm yeah. telling Learjet. you now, right.
4: Luis Suarez has been as good as those two this year. I'm telling you now, but.
6: You there are other things it, that come into you, play. I agree.
5: Craig Foster said I agree. on SBS the other day, because he's, for some reason, he's one of the blokes who's allowed to vote. Um, I yes. think as a media yeah, guy yeah, yeah. around the world, he's, yeah, won, yeah. he's allowed yeah. to vote. And he was saying that you're allowed to take this very, very broad concept of personality into it, which I think the layers of personality, that that category, is uh, character, values, Yep, uh, whether you that. pay your taxes, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I thought at that point in time, Lionel's not going to win because he's having a few tax problems in uh, <laughs> in Spain <laughs> but right but now. But the problem
4: is they all are, so they're all equal. <laughs>
3: yeah, they, they, they cancel each other <laughs> yeah, okay, out. Okay. But uh, just very quickly, just some of his stats, uh, thanks to the BBC uh uh, dot com 61 games 52 goals 26 assists that's sensational that's a goal every 101 minutes mm. and an assist every 202 minutes uh best minute per goal rate of 80 of anyone scoring a minimum of 10 goals across Europe's top 5 it's workmanlike. leagues workman <laughs> like workman like
4: uh, directly involved in 49 goals in the league jeez that's huge i'm going to say this and it's not bad controversial for a it's that it's it's not as controversial, it's, it's not controversial. as the works line. It's actually ignorant. Neither one. And the f- thing for Messi is, we know Cristiano Ronaldo can do it in the English Premier League. Come on, Lionel. Come with Pep he w- to Man City. And no, as if he wouldn't. He it's hasn't not- yet. He hasn't yet. It's like getting
5: Borussia and Fornaroli challenging them to score goals in the MPL. That's what you're actually asking, oh, asking for. that it. is not true. That's what you're asking the, the asking, lack of depth. You're challenging Cornaroli and Barisha oh, to score goals now. in NPL. <laughs> I,
4: I actually have had occasion to watch some of the. What is it <laughs> it's, called? It's not Serie A. La Liga. La Liga. La, Liga. <laughs> La Liga. I've had occasion so to watch up. that. <laughs> and just very quietly, the bottom half a dozen teams, Messi and Ronaldo and Suarez and and what, Neymar, they're playing against. What they wouldn't beat the bottom half dozen teams in the English Premier League? They're playing against cutouts.
2: How, how many <laughs> players got in the world? 11. They're
4: playing against cutouts. Some of these bottom teams in Spain, they get stage Zero. fright. They, work on the, they walk on the same grass as these guys. They escort these guys <laughs> to goal. There's no tackling.
2: So, so I think I know your answer to this, but just, just, I know this is a big question. Is Lionel Messi the world's best ever player?
5: Well, that's another question. That, 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 well, that is, it's, another, it's, question. It's actually getting, it is another question. Yeah. It's actually, <laughs> he's actually getting very close. But until, and you've heard me a million times, I know 20, the 20, 24, 24 years, guys, I know I've been saying this over and over, and, and I've had great debates with Warren about this, but until he wins a World Cup in a bad team and wins leagues, like an Italian league, Spanish, in a bad team like Diego Maradona did, I don't think he's... It's going to be the best ever. I think Diego Maradona is the best ever. So he needs to go to Man U. He needs to go to a bad team and win and, and lead them <laughs> to a win and then lead Argentina to a win in a bad Argentina team.
3: You know, it's funny, Carlos, you you do on your little Facebook feed, sometimes you, you send uh, videos and you mm. sent a great one of Maradona and you've, you've sent one of Messi. And until I'd seen the one of Messi, I thought Maradona just a gun because there was yep. footage, there were clips there that mm-hmm. I... I there were things done with a ball that I just thought yeah. were indecent that were that good. <laughs> and um and but then I saw the Messi one and, mm. and Messi is just lightning fast mm. and, and just amazing with his feet as well. But the thing that struck me uh in, in uh, the, the Messi highlights package, was he actually lays off of more than, than, than Maradona ever did. So I, I think that in that whole assist category, as well as the goal-scoring category, Messi is, yes. is certainly um, a, a one to Until watch. Until he plays you... in
4: the Premier League, he can't be the world's best player Oh, you're, ever, you're not ever. kidding, Warren. If you, really, you, you
5: were left behind in this conversation a long time ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, not sure. Sorry, just, I'm not sure about stats, <laughs> why are you but you FIFA hear,
2: World Cup most assists, 1986. Yeah. Uh, Maradona had 181 assists.
3: Yeah, jeez you, you're rebutting me now yeah, no, right 86, 86 he was he was, yes, well, was the
5: so. only player worth talking about it was a great world uh, cup put Br- 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 Kaj- Br- K- wasn't a bad player either but Diego Who? maradona was the one that uh that was only worth talking about in the argentina side so he did everything he scored goals he assists the whole works uh but the other thing that maradona he did it in a in a in a climate where I mean, there was a player nicknamed the Butcher of Bilbao in, in Spain. I mean, th- th- there were animals in that time. You know, mm. genteelly, these sort of guys would kill you, well, tackle from behind and break your leg and wreck your ankle and be applauded for it. That doesn't happen these days. It's an it's immediate card, immediate... And the mm. goals that Lionel Messi scores, it's against packed defences, but no one, can, no one can touch him or, or bring him down without getting uh, really penalised by way of cards. So Diego did it at a time when... They, they, th- these guys just absolutely assaulted you at times to bring you down, and they still didn't get free kicks or yellow cards for it.
3: I know that this is true, but uh, look, it, it's a hard one. I don't like the question, Rodrigo, um, quite honestly. Well, look, you know, <laughs> Twice tonight, that's twice tonight Vinny. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with you. So,
2: No, just answer the question. Yeah, I think you've answered the question. You think Diego yeah, Maradona. Yeah.
3: No, I look, I lean towards Messi now. Oh,
2: right, there you go. So I think it's made you think, Vinny. It's made you think about who the best ever player is, and, and that's what the Q&A is all about. And, uh, <laughs> of know, course, no, there I are a lot of people
5: you. out there saying, Diego, you've got no idea Pelé was." was. Well, yeah, well, I mean, some people would be saying, saying Zidane. I've seen Steve, z- some, if did you, you see, see the video I sent on Zidane? Yeah, you know, he they, was they, pretty special. An even
4: smaller number would be saying Stevie G, but that's all right. <laughs> could be playing in the A-League, by the way. He he's, could. He's intimating. Yeah, no, way, he's yeah. intimating. Someone has to ask him. He just needs to be asked.
2: There you go. Is there another question, Rodrigo? No, I have. I might just leave it in the back pocket. but. uh Look, that's it, uh, Vinny Venezuelas. Do I love this game? It's a good segment. segment. Um, yeah, we're going to catch well, up with Mike McGrath because a lot of uh, a lot of stuff happening in England at the moment. So let's a little bit, A little bit. You ready with a whole oh, heap of questions? Yep. There, yep. good, good to see that Warren's uh, ready. At the <laughs> what was the hot topic tonight? We didn't really have one, but uh, is is it Fornaroli versus Berisha? And uh, yeah, we'll, you know, what? A, what a, Bruno uh, Bruno Portaroli, Bruno Fornaroli by the proverbial country mile. Rodriguez-McGregor, a.k.a. Marcus. Thanks for that, Marcus. Well, that,
5: that's the first one today that we got backing Fornaroli. So if you're out there and backing Fornaroli, this is really important. Send your SMS through or give us a call and tell us because everyone's backing Barisha, being the one that they choose.
4: Do you think Fornaroli could be a long-term player at Melbourne City? Or do you think the nature of Melbourne City now, in terms of how they they buy players and farm them, do you think he's there's a chance that he could play three or four seasons for Melbourne City as their premier striker? If it wasn't,
5: if the Melbourne City hadn't been owned by the City Group, yep. I reckon he'd be gone next year because there'll be more money in China and whatever. But the City Group will pay anything with him being a marquee player. It will pay anything to keep him now. So, if, so he's on, he, he, fair nickname, he's setting himself up for as long as he wants, as long as he keeps on playing. So I nice think that, that, very, that very, will nice be payday. the big
4: thing that you'll love to see him come back. Yeah. You know, and Look, Sorry,
5: the City Group will pay European money to keep him here. And he'll stay because it's a wonderful lifestyle, loving it. And by the way, Melbourne City crowds just get bitter, bigger and bigger. They were not... No, it was a great crowd. 10,000, so it was a great crowd Two weeks too. in a row, they got 10,000. Yep. Yep. So that's getting bigger. They just need to win. Win with some, with right. some style
2: and flair. Yep. All right, let's take a break now. No more bad questions tonight. This is the Fort Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport.
1: You're probably a coach who turned out to be the wrong man in the wrong job for the wrong team at the wrong time. Other than that, have faith. You're a fine selection. This has been a sad coaching moment by the 40A Thanks for joining us uh, for this last couple of
2: hours. It's been uh, fun, to, fun to be here tonight as always uh, with Ulysses Kokonos in the, uh, in the first hour and, of course, uh, the Q&A, just uh, breaking all records here tonight.
5: And if you want, we're getting SMSs through. If you want to listen, if you missed the Ulysses Kokonos interview and you want to have a listen to it on the 40 Agos uh, podcast tomorrow, on the website, 40 uh on iTunes and also SoundCloud, uh, you'll get notification of that on our Twitter account, at 40 Agos, on our Facebook, uh, you know, facebook.com slash 40agos. So we're all over the place. You'll get notified if you want to... Have a look at it yeah, and listen to it. Uh,
2: platforms plenty. I just
4: wanted to formally retract a statement I made before the Ooh. break <laughs> describing Lionel Messi as workmanlike. I think <laughs> on hindsight and in consideration, I, my brain knew what I was trying to say.
2: <laughs> what were you... Well, well, it
4: was more like he's just always involved. He's always creating. He's always moving around. He's, always, he's industrious. He's, yeah, industrious. Oh, he's, uh, no.
3: Industrious is a good word. It's yeah, better than workman. And with talent. More than that. But he's but, got
4: but exceptional he, he, talent. He's
5: actually brilliant. He's just yeah, brilliant. That's a better
3: word.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> he's a wonderful team player too. But yeah, and yeah, I think he's, got a, he's got a lot of uh, yeah. facets to his game, but yeah. he's just brilliant. Yeah. He is. Oh is. Absolutely Actually, I right. haven't in a
4: low centre of gravity Yeah but I haven't seen him
5: tackle anyone Maybe that's a, an issue with his game
4: <laughs> Well he does, you don't need to tackle him When you've only off well, the he's, ball he's yourself Well he's not your
5: complete package If you can't tackle
2: On the hot topic tonight Forniroli versus Barisha Who would you prefer? Barisha by a long way He's coming off the text message If the question uh, is more Is who is more likely to bring home a championship It has to be Barisha He's been there And done it so many times good, before good Forniroli point. has been great for three months Andy
5: Yeah, but good Forniroli's point. won stuff in other countries yeah, like but that's it. a good point. Yeah, but and won- even I'd say he's one in other countries that are outside England too, Warren.
2: <laughs> Barisha yeah, well. can become a bad presence as well. Um, though going back to the Brisbane Raw days, blames teammates, red cards, etc. Steve from Vermont. So mm. his nasty streak hasn't come out as much, has it? No. Um, it's more in arguments these days mm-hmm. rather than you know re- really awful tackles. But uh, anyway, zero four double three ninety eight. Eleven sixteen. We're still trying to catch uh, Mike McGros Probably uh, on a train going somewhere or well, in. Well, big games tomorrow morning. A couple of big games. Mm.
4: Man City are playing and Liverpool are playing Arsenal with half a team. Colo Torre will be back playing in central defence for Liverpool. Brett he Smiths won't know which play? way he's going to kick. going to play. I tell you what, the boy can play. Carlos, you did predict it, but uh, mm. he scored the equalising goal in the um, in the FA Cup game against Exeter, and. He can really play. Like I think he's legitimately going mm. to be there at Liverpool mm. for a long time. Is there he there, go. Mike? Yes, now?
2: Mike McGrath is there. Oh, Good day, Mike. Go. Welcome to the Four Diego's. Hi, that's where I'm heading actually. Uh, no, that's all right. No, no, I said we we uh, we'd probably catch you on a train somewhere.
5: No, it sounds like you're walking nah, there, Mike. No, <laughs> I'm just walking to the station now, actually.
2: There you go. There you uh, go. What a great life. <laughs> hey, You've got Rodrigo, Vinnie, Warren and uh, Carlos. Hey, Man United have been... Uh, people have been saying they've been boring. Um, they got a draw tonight, but uh, you couldn't really call it boring.
8: No, not at all. Um, but despite it not being boring and being a six-goal thriller, um, there was still the feeling from Van Hal that it was a defeat... Uh, you know, they were moments away from uh, a victory that they really needed. So, despite the uh, the adrenaline pumping, unfortunately, it was uh, it was more points dropped.
5: Mike, it's Carlos. It seems like Rooney is back to some you know some of his best form. Uh, I think four goals in the last three games, scored a couple of crackers, uh, and also oh, one was a penalty, but the other one was a real cracker. And then he uh, uh, assisted in another one. Are we seeing? Wayne Rooney back to somewhere near his best now?
8: Well, yeah, it was a beautiful goal, just classic Rooney strike curling away into the top corner. Um, I think, you know, I don't think he has been in that bad a form, but he has really struggled to nail down a place under Van Gaal. I think that's been the big problem. So I think once Van Gaal kind of sees that he's a number 10, which I, which I think is his position, um, and a few others do as well, rather than um, a number nine up front. I think we'll see even more from him. Uh, I just think he's just um, he's just really struggled uh, up front on his own. I just don't see why they would play him there and Marshall on the wing when the um, other way round, would, I think everybody would agree, would work much better. But yeah, it's really good signs. United in England that he's stuck a few away, and real spectacular ones as well the the Swansea back Hill, and then the one um last night was another
3: cracker Mike Gavini here the Swansea back Hill was a, a beautiful piece of football. If Rooney were to go, would people care that much
8: uh, i I think he it depends also where he goes. I think if he goes to China where there'll be lots of money lots of people wanting him uh, over there then yeah I think they would because you you don't want to have your England captain too far away from the action similarly if you went to America I I just think who's going to give him that contract that he's got at Man U so in some ways I think it's a relationship where they're kind of stuck with each other nobody's going to pay him that amount in England. Um, And I don't think it's right for him to go. So we're kind of stuck with him, um, for want of a better phrase. Um, And I I still think he's absolutely nailed on. Even if he didn't score from now till uh, May, I think he'd be nailed on to start. Um, against Russia in the Euros for, for England.
3: But uh, Man U fans, do they feel the same way? Do do, they, do you get a sense that they feel it's time that he needs to go? Because maybe even if he's being played in the wrong position, he hasn't been as successful as we know he can be. And so all, all of this suggesting that perhaps he's a bit long in the tooth. It,
8: it's a strange one because I'm, I'm not going to pretend that he 's immune from criticism from united fans um, who've got you know a, a wicked sense of humor as well on social media when when Rooney was dropped and you know were some, some you know some were celebrating the fact that that Van Huhl took a stand and dropped him um, but i I still think that they haven 't got any better options the creative player around there um, so I, I think that they recognise that he is the leader of the attack and is their best option, even if it's not exactly uh, the best attack in the Premier League at the moment.
4: Mike, I'm really interested in the game tonight, your time, tomorrow morning, our time, Liverpool versus Arsenal at Anfield. It's fair to say that Jurgen Klopp and the way that his tactics and the way that he sets up has really come to the fore most obviously in in the games against Chelsea and Man City where they were both... Excellent performances by Liverpool, but in some of the other games they've been a bit vulnerable. They're going to have not a severely weakened team because I think there's at least half a dozen of the senior guys that'll be back. How do you read this performance? I mean, Arsenal have got to be good enough, haven't they, to go to Anfield and win if they're going to be legitimate title contenders?
8: Yeah, I think I, I think that Liverpool are struggling for numbers more than anything. They're not, you know, they've got a fantastic coach who can get players. Uh, you know, running around the pitch and doing fantastic jobs like they did at the Etihad, but they also have players um, you know who are not fit because of it. Um, it's a real struggle for them. I was just you know, you, you know, a few days ago, you are thinking whether they might see what Jamie Carragher's uh, boot size is, or, or whether you know c b g can play sweeper for him because it was getting really desperate. They signed Caulker. Um, on loan which is a bit of a shock so they're they're kind of patched up but I still think Arsenal will see this as a massive chance for them to uh, you know landmark in the the title race this game and Stoke uh, at the weekend Um, and it will be a test of of what they're up to as well and I I, you know as much as you probably don't want me to say I'd probably edge Arsenal ahead is is just favourites at this point.
4: No, no, I'm very happy you said that, Mike. Very, (laughs) very, very, very happy.
2: Hey, Mike. uh, So, where are you off to? Are you off to um, off to the game, or what what are you doing um, over the next couple of days in terms of uh, games? Yeah,
8: we've got. um, Yeah, I've got a game tonight. uh, Liverpool v Arsenal, which you know will be be fantastic, and hopefully speaking to people after that game.
6: And then it's kind of all eyes
8: on um, on the on the next big one, which is Liverpool v Van U, which is another another huge you know tie uh, a huge match you know in our calendar. And um, I'll be I'll be doing some work around that in the northwest of the northwest of the country. Um, and then there might be a few rumblings at, at Villa on Saturday, which I'm going Villa v Leicester. Leicester can go top. Um, and Villa could uh, either build on what they did last night, which is a fantastic win, or um, implode, which is what they were doing before last night.
2: Fantastic. You sound like uh, your calendar's very, very full. So, hey, Mike, uh, thanks for joining the Diego's on your way to one of the big games.
8: Cheers, guys. Always time for you. Excellent. That's <laughs> Go good on, to man. hear. There's uh, Mike <laughs> McGrath
2: from The Sun. Uh, Of course, uh, one of the Diego's uh, has been for a long time. Let's take a break now, boys, and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport.
1: If your coach is not fired with enthusiasm, he will be fired with enthusiasm. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego's. Coming
2: up after the Diagos, it's All Night Appetite with Benny Jones. We're back on Friday night uh, with the final whistle. Melbourne victory take on Brisbane Raw. This game, guys, uh, let's start with you, Vinny. Victory versus Raw. Who's going to win that?
3: It's got to we, be victory. We've got to be uh, emphatic in our win.
2: What about you, Mara? I think victory. Carlos?
5: Uh, Brisbane should win, but victory has to win. Yep.
2: Mm. Two all draw for me. Um, Perth Glory <laughs> versus Melbourne City.
5: Danger
4: game, but City can win.
5: Okay, if they, if they win away from home,
2: they are the real deal. In yeah, Perth. City should win. That's it for this week's show. Don't forget uh, Friday night at ten o'clock. Remember, Carlos, where Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be there. there. Where
4: we do samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll, we'll be
2: there. Where there are girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet. We'll, we'll, we'll be, be there. Where the Gringos play football. We'll be we'll there. there. We are the Four Diego. Ole.